Okay, welcome to November's podcast, Creating Clients, Not Products or Services. This is our third podcast, and we're so happy to have you here with us. All right, so your clients have more choices than ever, which means as a brand, you need to leverage the collective internal motivations. If you don't appeal to the collective internal motivations, you risk your audience making a logical decision or conclusion about their choice. Now, before we deconstruct this and what this all means, let me tell you what BAMcast is all about. BAMcast is a monthly podcast dedicated to aligning your brand, audience, and message. All resources, support, and topics will be around brand alignment to give you confidence and clarity of the right path for your brand's vision. I am Joel Kelly, co-founder of BAM Align, BAM Academy, and the BAM Fam. I strongly believe in the philosophy, if you give someone a fish, they will eat for a day, teach someone to fish, and they'll eat for a lifetime. I spent 20 plus years transforming brands and educating business owners on how to excel and align their message in the marketplace. I want to teach you the lessons I've learned from my successes and failures and share the wisdom I've gained along the way. I didn't follow my passion. I followed the opportunity which led to my passion. If you want to build a legacy and live the life you've always dreamed of, but just need a little guidance to get you there. I'm here to help. This month's topic is creating clients, not products or services. We'll be discussing three things during this podcast. The difference between creating products and services versus creating clients. Number two, the creating, the creating clients model being executed but unbalanced. And number three, simplifying a better model to transform your brand. All right, so point one, creating clients versus creating products or services. So what does that even mean? Branding has definitely evolved over the years. It can be felt like a gut feeling that creates a connection of resonance with us to take action. It can be the difference between us choosing a product or service or allowing logic to dictate our decision. Example, when I go buy milk, I don't focus on the brand as I don't have any connection to any of them. So I choose based on logic. It's either the red or the yellow lid, depending on the store and the healthiest option for me. However, I go out of my way to buy the brand Kettle Chips because they are made where I was born in the USA. I associate the chips with a familiar experience and that plays more into my decision making. Because I have more information about the product that aligns with my lifestyle, I am more likely to remember a product and this will have a greater impact on what I choose. You may not even be aware of this 
as this often happens subconsciously. Hence why Gerald Zaltman says 95% of our buying decisions are subconscious. The brand model has shifted from creating a brand to creating clients, or better yet, attracting clients. Since we have a strong desire to understand our purpose, we tend to make decisions based on the meaning that aligns and supports the purposeful narrative we strive to live out. In the early days, there was less competition. You may have had three to five brands max to choose from for any given product. As a result, companies built brand products that attracted clients. This was never sustainable in my opinion, and it was doomed to fail. However, there are still brands today that have adopted this old model, and they are quickly realizing the changing landscape. The old brand model, we see a company creates a product or service to attract clients to sustain the growth of a company. This is the old model, and it primarily relied on differentiation of the product to build a brand through repeated transactions or repeated business. This will still be moderately successful to a point as advocacy is important in both models. The new brand model focuses on the company attracting clients to build engagement of the brand and around the brand. The brand is sustained through advocacy and brand ambassadors. We see a lot of this on social media uh, where you have a lot of the uh, ambassadors for brands, uh, different things in Instagram or on YouTube where they represent to their community a bunch of products, which is a lot more effective because especially if the company chooses uh, an ambassador that is aligned with them in their direction. It's just a natural offer and it's just, it's a natural progression when it comes to offering that to their community. So in some cases, it's a no brainer being an ambassador. If you already love what it is and believe in it, then it's really easy just to recommend that. And those testimonials and those word of mouth are more important than we could possibly understand uh, because they have a greater impact than some of all the marketing company and all the ad dollars and all the different things. I'm telling you, ambassadors, it's a good ROI. So going back to this, the new model is about drawing them into your solution by connecting with what really matters to your clients. Through this advocacy, you start creating a powerful synergy around your tribe or community. Put another way, the old model is more transactional and the new model is relational. The old model is logical while the new model is emotive and logical. The old model meets the need while the new model meets the internal pain, struggle, or conflict. The old model is about the company while the new model is about serving the client's needs. Both models need visibility and advocacy of word of mouth to be successful. Some brands saw this and were able to make the transition from the old model to the new model. Coca-Cola is a great brand example of this. Yes, I realized their debacle with the new Coke didn't sit well with consumers, but they were able to recognize why. Without getting into too much, 
There were a few reasons why, including the new Coke, may have been received well in 200,000 taste tests, but too sweet to be enjoyed in the way consumers drink it in the real world. Buy, bottle, or can. Coke humbled themselves to make them, Coke humbled themselves to make the change back to their roots. And that's why we have Coca-Cola Classic. I also realized that out of a blind taste test that people still prefer the taste of Pepsi. That's not why Coca-Cola currently dominates the soda market. The people of Coca-Cola realized there were very strong emotional feelings attached to the design of the bottle based on the nostalgia. The reality is that the bottle design was familiar to all of us if we were born before the mid-80s. I remember RC Cola and Pepsi being in a similar bottle design and Coke as Coke was, and maybe there were some significant difference to the glass design, but I can't recall at this time. Coke's bottle design is reminiscent of warm memories with parents or grandparents or your friends, family, and those you love. Maybe it was just sitting on the porch with your grandpa or grandma on a hot summer's day in August. Maybe it was working on the car in the garage with your parents or grandparents. Maybe it was a sporting event where you shared in your common interests together or your passions. The point is, we just don't see it as a brand. We tie it to the familiarity of the experience and the warm memories it evokes. It's timeless, generational, ageless, and when we hold that bottle, it stirs in us those nostalgic memories. When they attach those memories to the American dream, the desire grew to be a part of this globally. Coca-Cola became a brand without borders and sharing a Coke wherever you were in the world, the American dream transformed, transformed the American dream transformed into the dream. Other brands have done this as well. Nike doesn't sell shoes and apparel, but tools to empower you to be better. Again, not focusing on the products to differentiate the brand, but the emotive feeling attached to it. Remember the campaign, Like Mike? The phrase, I wanna be like Mike, was referring to Michael Jordan and wearing the same gear he wore was like feeling of empowerment to take that action and even be like him in some cases. I remember as a, as a kid, a lot of people, they would get Nikes and they would wear the Bulls uniform and they'd run around and, and they, would, they would pretend they're Michael Jordan or whatever because they wore the same gear. It was, it was very empowering to young people to really get out there and, and be themselves and be the best that they could be. And to have someone to uh, get behind is, was important as well. And this attracted clients to the idea Nike represents. Just do it. So what happens if you take the creating clients model to the extreme? Some brands have transitioned to the new model while still being out of alignment or balance. This is because they took creating clients to be synonymous with the client is always right. This created a client-centric culture, but one that gave permission for the customer to push to the extreme, which I believe reinforced the entitled attitude present in today's society. Obviously, it's not the only factor, 
A lot of that's around parenting and upbringing and, and quite a few other things, but it definitely was a contributing part. I want to share something personal, and I hope it helps you learn from my mistakes. The story begins with a memory from my first job I paid taxes on. I was a bag boy at Ross IGA in Oregon, and we were strongly encouraged to give bow tie service to every customer who came through that door. We would go above and beyond to meet the needs of our customers to create a positive and memorable experience. This would create a foundational belief I would carry throughout my life until this truth was challenged. Years later, when I had a creative agency, I had major boundary issues with my clients. I bent over backwards to please them at the cost of my own health, my family, and the well-being of my staff and subcontractors. On the surface, we had an amazing reputation, and in the eyes of everyone, I was very successful. We had a lot of clients from all over the world, and we were getting great results. The reality is this wasn't sustainable at all. Although I was recreating clients, I wasn't attracting the right people to work with, and I made decisions based on financial responsibility to take care of my team. I get it, we have to pay the bills and whatnot, but it is still important that we worked with the aligned people that uh, we're meant to work with or that our message or that our, our service is for. I created unnecessary bottlenecks by thinking I needed to carry, cater. I created unnecessary bottlenecks by thinking I needed to cater to all of our unique clients' brands' needs. As each client's vision is so different, you can see where things started to go off the rails. Even though we had well thought out processes and procedures in place, I didn't enforce them as I should. I violated the Pareto principle. 20% efforts equals 80% results. This was sometimes worse than backwards and other times 50-50, but rarely where it needed to be at that time. I ended up personally eating these losses and took on debt to keep everything together. At the same time this was happening, internal and external sabotage was happening at my agency as well. And I was blindsided by a series of events that led to the downfall of that company. Now, even though some of those events were beyond my control, this was necessary and the best thing that could have ever happened to me personally and professionally. I know that sounds weird, but hang with me. It brought so much alignment and balance to my life, and I don't regret the hardships I faced as a result. I even had the most gracious team that believed in the vision so much that they would do what they could to help. This led to a deep reflection of all the introspective questions you can possibly imagine. And I'm sure though, if my team is listening or my former team is listening now, they remember me asking the questions and why repeated, based on repeated patterns, the common denominators, and obviously the three circles, which now become the framework uh, that you saw in front of you uh, today. And, or if you didn't see, if you're listening in the podcast, uh, you can see it later on once you download the, the free material.
So I realized that I allowed my boundaries to be compromised for the best interest of my client and that the client wasn't always right. I get that sometimes the boundaries are compromised because of our lack of defined expectation, and that's our fault. But I also realize that there are clients out there who don't care about your boundaries and wouldn't respect them regardless of you defining expectations. And we also experienced a lot of that. We as a team analyzed all the client relationships we had and I listened to everyone else's feedback. We found a common thread between our aligned clients and that's where we need to, knew where we needed to go. I was already in the process of opening up BAM Create Inc., which is now BAM Align, when all of the above was happening and the goal was BAM would be the catalyst with the strategy and the agency would be the execution of it. I wasn't able to save the agency, but I was able to preserve BAM and the ecosips and the I wasn't able to save the agency, but I was able to preserve BAM and the ecosystem it represents. It allowed me to really focus and work with the clients we are most aligned with and be who I was meant to be. And we work with clients and we have a lot less headaches. We're following the Pareto principle. And if it's outside, uh, if it doesn't align with us and our vision and the different pieces that we have, then we just, we don't work with them. We just say no. And that's okay. Saying no is healthy. It's okay to say no to opportunity because other opportunity comes around. You know, there's a lot of people who are like, well, opportunity only knocks once in a lifetime. Not in my experience. Opportunity is not quite a bit. It's just whether is that the aligned choice for me or not something to think about. I am grateful for the hardships and adversity that allowed me to be a better guide for transforming others' vision into reality. The lesson is a good design or model taken to the extreme can be just as unhealthy as the old design. The reality is the truth is somewhere in the middle of where the pendulum swings. So at neutral. Now, let's get back to the brand model and how it has shifted and simplified in a way that will bring brand alignment. The old way is about the message, what the company stands for, the task, creating products or services, the relationship, the attracting the clients to sustain the company. But a better way, the message, what you say and what they perceive are the same. Relationship, creating engagement that lets your client know you understand their pain and can give them a solution. Task, building the products or services and adding layered aligned value that solves the internal pain conflict struggle your client is having. It seems so simple, but you would be surprised how many brands are following the old platform old path or even taking the new path to extremes like we did. Remember, your clients have more choices than ever, which means as a brand, you need to leverage the collective internal motivations of your aligned audience. If you don't appeal to the collective internal motivations, you risk your audience making a logical conclusion about their choice. I hope you find this helpful 
to get a better brand alignment. Let me know your thoughts as we journey together to build better brands. I have a visual you can download if you decide to join the free space of our BAMFAM community. Thanks for listening. That concludes this month's BAMcast. If you would like to be a guest on our podcast, you can email vision at bamcreate.ca with the subject line, I would like to be a guest on BAMcast. I strongly recommend you start by understanding your brand archetypal mix, and we have a free quiz for that. Link will be in the description. Also join our BAMFAM community dedicated to aligning your brand. We have free alignment resources there as well. Link will also be in the description. Finally, if you find yourself in need of guidance with your brand alignment, we have our BAM Academy and frameworks to help you with that. I would start with the Big BAM process. This is the brand strategy framework I have led thousands of clients through, and we have a self-guided option as well. Thanks again for listening and hope you can understand the importance of the shift for um, creating clients versus creating products and services model. The path that is right for you and your brand, but in balance. Thanks.